Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. And this today is our mini episode. Long distance edition. Long distance edition. This is weird. It's super weird. So I am in um, Missouri right now. I was in Missouri for my, I am in Missouri for my brother's graduation. Oh my God, that and video you posted of him singing last night was amazing and I need more. I know. I need more. He's such a good singer. Where can I watch um, all of his singing? Well, we're going to get a DVD of his senior show, which is what that was from because I went to his like graduation show for his uh, theater. Yeah. And um, so we'll get a DVD of that. But I mean, I'm sure there are a million DVDs of <laughs> oh my gosh. him singing he's around. Amazing. He's absolutely yeah, amazing. He's super, super good. I'm in his bedroom right now <laughs> recording. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, this is super weird. But we wanted to make sure that we got an episode out to you guys this week. So we are... We're doing it. We're doing it, guys. We're doing it. We were going to see if we so if could it, get like a guest person or things like that. And um, it was just, it was not working out in our favor. So we, we are making this work. Yeah. So if it sounds a little different or a little weird or not quite matched, that would be why. We're yep. in different rooms in different states. Yep. So that would different be why. time zones. <laughs> yeah. Keegan is coming to me from the future. I am. Yeah. Two oh. hours ahead. Man, Keegan, we've got like one big story to cover today. I've got something else that's happy, but I've just yeah, got I have, the I have something event. else that's kind of happy. So, um, but I think maybe do you want to start with the biggie? I think we should start with the biggie. I think well, yeah. Don't we always start with the most horrible? We do, but I don't know. I was kind of trying to decide if we should start with that or end with that because if we end with it, then we can give some action items, but um. We can link those to our Instagram page. And we can add the action items again because I have some at the end of my notes here. And then we can add them again at the end just to really drive it home. Sounds great. Okay, cool. All right. So So I I think the biggest story in the news in our um, neck of the woods here in the United States is the detaining of immigrant children being separated from their parents at the border. Sweet little children. And I'm going to start out by saying that I read this uh, great article. Let me double check on where I found that article so I can state it. Slate.com. Okay. Um, and they get, this is where I got like most of my information. Uh, it was a really great comprehensive article. So if you want to read it, go for it. Um, they start out by, by reiterating that these policies are not democratic policies that were put in place because that's something that Donald Trump and Sarah, uh, Huckabee Sanders has been saying. Right. They're like, well, this well, wasn't me. This was like, this was the Democrats. And and essentially, it's also being said that it, it's kind of being used as a bargaining chip for um, this administration to kind of get what they want yeah. uh, 
as far as like the border walls and and all of that stuff. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of being used as a bargaining chip to get the Democrats to come to the table on those issues. Yeah, um, it's which so is really up. and and I guess like these policies, not the policies, but like these laws in general. There have been loopholes in the laws that allow this sort of thing to happen, but it wasn't until uh, April of this year that the Trump administration decided to change the policy so that going forward, it was a zero tolerance policy. Yep. And so that when families came across the border, they would be prosecuted in the, in the past, they would be allowed to kind of stay together. Yeah. And, and now they're being criminally prosecuted. It's yes. not a civil issue anymore. So they are being forced apart. And I've heard it said that um, part of the reason why they do that is because some of they're afraid quote unquote afraid that some of the um, children coming across are being trafficked. And if their parents or their, the people that they're with can't provide um, documentation that states that they're their parent, then they separate them, which in theory would make sense, but it's bullshit. The other thing that I read is about the civil rights case known as Flores, which dictates that they are not allowed to keep kids in that kind of detention. So that's what Trump is saying. Right. So he's exactly. like, well, so we can do this kind to of adults, but we can't, say, we can't do this to kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're tearing them apart. So let's touch briefly on what these two policies are, because there are two policies in play right now. They're both new. And the first one is any migrant family entering the U.S. without a border inspection will be prosecuted for this minor dis- misdemeanor. Um, the parents are incarcerated. The children are, quote-unquote, warehoused. And you've seen the photos it's disgusting and horrible. Um, parents typically plead guilty to the misdemeanor and are given the sentence of the few days they served waiting for trial. Uh, when the parents try to reunite with their children, they are given the runaround and often deported alone, and the children are left in HHS custody. So even when mm-hmm. the parents try to kind of play by their rules and be like, okay, I'm going to plead guilty, I'm going to you know, be sentenced to a few days in jail... And then they're like, then I'll get my kids back. Well, they're still not getting these kids back. Yeah. And there's also um, the other issue of which which is something that I found really devastating whenever I learned about it is that they were getting tired of because obviously, no matter how cruel we we think this is or what's going on is they're people, they're human beings who are enforcing these policies and they got tired of literally ripping children out of their mom's arms while their mom was crying or what have you. Mm -hmm. So, and I find this to be incredibly cruel. What they've started doing now is telling the moms that they are taking their kid for a a shower. No. They're going to take them for a shower and then they'll bring them right back. That sounds so creepy too. Right, and then they don't bring them back. That doesn't sound normal. Um, well, I mean, you could probably frame it as, like, when it's an immigration issue of, like, they need to be, um, you know, in, in case you're you're bringing over whatever seedlings right. or something right. that's stuck to your body that the kids need to be uh, rinsed off or whatever and then given back. But then they're not giving them back. Yeah. So after a few hours, the parents start to realize that their kids aren't coming back. Right. Um, Does this just, like, when I started reading about all of this, doesn't it not just scream Holocaust to you? 
it, it feels that way. I mean, it just I'm, reminds me of that scene from the diary of Anne Frank where like, she's being the movie, the TV movie uh, mm-hmm. where she's being like ripped away from her father and just like screaming like that. Just well, it reminds I think, me so much of that. And the lies, especially, okay. The phrase, the shower too. That's super yeah. Holocaust. I mean, I think that the, I, I think it's not quite the same because the genocide, theory, Right. In theory, they will be given back to their parents. In in theory, Um, I don't know what kind of system they have in place for that. Is reminding me of that. The trauma. Yes. To me, that's what it is because, regardless of where they're going, the trauma for these children remains the same. I like. I can't imagine being a kid and being not being able to speak the language. And going on this whatever journey with my parents and then getting where I'm going, being ripped away from my parent and then not being able to speak the language and being kept in a detention center where the guards can't even pick you up. Yeah. Which is something that's terrifying. Have you read the story about the pediatric doctor who has seen like just a couple of these kids? She said that all of them, they're in foster care, these kids that she's seen, and they Mm -hmm. are holding on to their foster mom so tight, like white knuckles, hands around their necks, like don't want to like let go. And she's like kids typically who are toddlers, because these kids were like, she said like one, two, three years old. They see toys. They want to play in the doctor's office. They're a little bit more like, you know, they're trying to stick things in their mouths. You know, they're acting Mm -hmm. like normal kids. She said these children are silent. They are holding on to their foster moms for dear life. If they're put down, they start wailing. Like, it's so... And, like, you'd think that, like, oh, they're kids. They're not going to remember these things. But, like, that is so traumatizing. And it, it infuriates me because it's, like... These kids are not going to get the support they need later on to undo this trauma right. because of well, their I mean, pa- it's yeah. Just, and there have been studies done um, that you know show you the kind of trauma that that this inflicts on the psyche of a young child. Yeah, it's and real. that it it lasts throughout their life. Mm-hmm. You know that it it that it actually does have a lasting impact. On their life. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it is such that a lot of Republicans and people on the right are also speaking out against this and, and yes. don't think that it's right all either. The, Laura Bush yeah, came out and said that... Yeah, former first ladies have like gotten together. Yeah. I mean, she, she came out and said that it was cruel and immoral. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Lindsey Graham also... You know, he's a he's a Republican and he also came out and said the president could stop this with one phone call. He's been pretty vocal about um, that that he disagrees with this. I mean, to me, I mean, thank you, but also do more than that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And just kind of voice your dissent. You know, you need to to do more than that. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the second policy because it is an apparently unwritten policy that even when families present themselves at border entry locations seeking asylum, which for people who don't know, asylum is something that people can uh, claim when they feel like they are unsafe in their country. There's certain rules and regulations about that. Complying the immigration law, the government is still snatching their children. So like, again, they're 
doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're playing by the rules. The excuse for Mm -hmm. this is that they want to keep the parents in jail-like immigration detention for a long time while the asylum cases are adjudicated. So they're like, oh, we're just trying to, like, make sure that, like, this is for real. It's such, it's such bull. And so frustrating. I don't know. It's it's very complicated. And I've been running around like crazy this week. So I yeah. haven't gotten to spend as much time uh, researching it as I would have liked to have done. Um, but I just find the lack of compassion and humanity on one side to be really appalling. And horrifying. And, Col- and Coulter went on. Um, and horrifying. Yeah. And Coulter went on. um Fox News and said that these children were acting, that they were being coached to be upset. Are you fucking upset. kidding me? No. What she is, actually what, said that. What the fuck is that? I'm so sick of hearing about these crisis actors or whatever. It's so stupid. These right, are I mean, children. And, right. And she says basically <sighs> what she was saying is not that they were like hired and are being paid or anything, but that they are being coached to... Um, be screaming for their parents yeah, and it's just yeah, like they're young sure. children they don't need to be coached no, to scream for their, their parents. parents they're scared i would have been scared um i mean i was with my cousins all week and my little cousin who's i think eight he didn't want to be apart from his mom yeah. and said that he just got he was telling me about he just got back from camp and he it was fun but he missed his mom and that was a, a good experience and yeah. something that he could prepare for this and knew he was traumatic. going in for. It wasn't an experience that he wasn't expecting. And and the fact that people are so callous to say, well, their parents were breaking the law, so... And it's like, okay, but, but you can say that, but these children... Are innocent. There has to be a... And they're innocent and there has to be a better way of going about it. Even if you feel like it's justified, there has to be a better way of going about it than throwing a bunch of kids into a, essentially a fenced-in cage yep. together. It is a cage. With it's sleeping sure bags. A cage. Yeah. yeah. And well that, you, that and they're not allowed to be picked up. That was something that really got me too is like you yeah. have small children, like 2 or 3. Yeah, they need the and physical affection. The guards aren't allowed to pick no one's comforting them when they're crying except for maybe the other children. You know, and they're that all is so sad. I mean, it'll be a lasting trauma for sure. Um, What you're saying with people's lack of empathy toward the situation is reminding me of the story that I read about Corey Lewandowski and his uh, horrible reaction to when Democrat, uh, what's his first name? Zach Pecanis? Pecanis? I don't Um, know. So... Corey Lewandowski is Trump's former campaign manager. He went on Fox News's uh, The Story with Martha McCallum with Democratic strategist Zach Pecanis, however you say it, to discuss this policy, these practices that have been happening. And when Pecanis mentioned the 10-year-old with Down syndrome who was removed, who was separated from her mother, uh, Mm -hmm. Lewandowski goes womp womp. Oh, yeah. I did hear about that. And Pecanis is like, did you just say womp womp? How dare you? How dare you? How absolutely dare you, sir? And yeah, it's it's a completely inappropriate reaction. Even if you believe even if you believe that this is necessary 
for whatever reason, that, that is, shows just a complete lack of any compassion for yes. a innocent child. It's ridiculous. And, it's so and disgusting and heartless. Yes. And he, Lewandowski, goes on to defend the practice by saying, when you cross the border illegally, you have given up your rights to of this country. And it's like... Well, and here's here's something that people don't understand, too, because they want to talk about MS-13 and all of these gang, all the gang activity. And that's why there's a possibility that these kids are being trafficked in large numbers and things like that. But if you know anything about cartels, then you know that it's terrifying for... Uh, the people who live there, they're being terrorized by cartels. And there's a reason why they are trying to seek asylum in the United States. Exactly. And it's not, it's not just because they want to break the law and they just want to freeload in the United States. It's often because they're seeking better lives for themselves. They're seeking asylum. They need help. And, Mm -hmm. and I was explaining this to the kid that I babysit for. I was explaining how, the thing that makes America so great is that we are a land of immigrants. We are a land of, like, everyone's come from somewhere else. You know what I mean? So that when they're doing things like this, like, they're going against the basis, the foundation of our country. Like, unless you are Native American, you came from somewhere else, and you're the reason that America is right. so great and so colorful and so wonderful is because of our differences. Yeah, and I understand having immigration policies like i understand that like but there has to be we can't just strip all of the compassion out of it i understand that it can't be all it can't be all one or the other right it can't be all compassion and it can't be all um a lack of it like there has to be something in the middle i agree where we can allow and i think that our policy before, I mean, I'm, I'm not well versed in it. And, you know, people can correct me if I'm wrong. And I think some people maybe thought that it was too lax. And I'd be willing to hear that argument. But bare minimum. But there needs to be compassion the, in there. Right. Allowing the families to at least stay together while they await whatever is going to happen to them. Well, and that's the thing. There is no law that states that children must be taken from their parents when they cross the border. Right. Well, there's, there's no yeah, law that states that. They're they're exercising that loophole. They're they're using that loophole that says right. that if, if they're being criminally prosecuted and being put in um, prisons or detention centers, they can't put the kids with them. So they have to. And they're using yeah. this as a deterrent to try and... They're, they're saying, well, this is what will happen to you. You'll lose your kids if you try and cross the border and um, yeah. in hopes that it will stop people from trying to cross the border and in hopes that it will bring Democrats to the table about, um, you know, agreeing to a border wall and the and yeah. all of that stuff. Um, it's Oy. just really, really sad and, and scary. And I think a lot of people are just feeling – a lot of people who have an overabundance of empathy like we do um, – are feeling really helpless because it's yeah. so hard to look at these videos of these kids crying for their parents and holding on to their the cages that they're they've been placed in. Yeah. And crying and feeling I'm like holding on to my doggy right yeah. now. I'm like, no. Yeah, and feeling yeah, like there's nothing it, we can do. It's just it is just it's like my brain can't even fully comprehend that it's real. You know what I mean? Like it, I know that it's real. I feel it like it's real, but it's like, I just can't, my wires aren't connecting. It's yeah. just not making sense to me. You know, Yeah. Uh, from May 5th to June 9th, officials have separated 2,300 children from adults they were traveling with. That's a month. That's just a month. That's yeah. not like, Oh, this year or anything like that. That's in one month. 
Yeah. That's absurd. So um, I do have a few resources and also different organizations to support. Same. The first one on this list is the ACLU. They are known for litigating uh, this policy in California to try to protect these children. And it, they're a great organization. Do you have anything to add about ACLU? Um, well, I was just seeing here, they the ACLU has raised more than $1 million for legal representation for families, um, in Amazing. part due to one of my favorite people, Chrissy Teigen. Chrissy yeah, Teigen and um, John Legend donated $288,000 um, to the ACLU you know, to try and help immigrant families. Yeah. Um, there, and that, that's probably the biggest organization that you could donate to, yeah, you know, one definitely. that we're, we're all very well versed in, but there are lots mm-hmm. of smaller, um, I would encourage there you to are. donate to some smaller agencies because they are probably receiving less donations right now. Yeah. And there's also, uh, more specialized organizations like Al Otro Lotto, which I'm probably saying wrong, but I will write it down in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a binational organization that offers legal services to deportees and, uh, immigrants in Tijuana, Mexico, including parents whose children remain in custody. There's Human Rights First, which helps give needed lawyers. There's Kids in Need of Defense, which ensures kids do not appear in immigration court without representation and lobby for policies that advocate for children's legal interests. Pueblo Sin Fuertes, which provides humanitarian aid and shelter to immigrants on their way to the U.S., and RACES, which is spelled R-A-I-C-E-S, mm-hmm. which is the largest immigration nonprofit offering free and low-cost legal services to children and families. And, and last but not ra- least, I would urge you guys to call your senator. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and RACES uh, stands for the Refugee and Immigrant Center for Education and Legal Services. And um, they're a Texas-based nonprofit, and they've already raised more than $5.3 million through a viral Facebook fundraiser. So likely that's what you've seen on Facebook, if you've seen people sharing um, to raise money. I think it's actually up over that now. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. That's absolutely amazing. Let me see if I have any others on here. There's, I don't know if you said the Texas Civil Rights Project. Did you say that? Mm-mm. The Texas Civil Rights Project is, um, they're actively looking for people who speak Spanish that can help translate for families and their yes. children who have been separated and looking for volunteers to help with the legal intake process. So if that sounds like something that's up your alley, um, we will put a link to these things in the show notes so that you can yep. find them. Um, because especially I can't imagine how terrifying it must be for these kids. Again, they don't speak English. Most of these yeah. kids, so they yeah, can communicate they with the other children, but they need translators to be able to communicate um, effectively, as do their parents for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, did you mention the Asylum Seeker Advocacy Project? I did not. Okay. The Asylum Seeker Advocacy Project, or ASAP, is a project of the nonprofit uh, Urban Justice Center, and it aims to prevent wrongful deportations by connecting refugee families to community support and emergency legal aid. So they are, again, a volunteer organization. A lot of these are volunteer organizations so that you can get involved if if you want to. They take they intake volunteers. Um They've stopped more than 400 refugees from being deported from 30 states since 2015. So that's really great. Amazing. Amazing. There's the Florence Project and Refugee Rights Project. 
And uh, they provide free social and legal services to immigrants who are detained in Arizona. And um, they're currently looking for lawyers to take on more cases. So those are just a few ways that you can actively get involved. If you, like, I don't speak Spanish, I'm not a lawyer, um, I can donate money. But if you are able to donate your time and sounds like something that you are interested in, we will definitely link all that stuff in the show notes. Yeah, definitely. And uh, this is some information about calling your senator. I did this last night. Uh, You call 202-224-3121, then you state or enter your zip code. When you're connected, simply say, I live in blank and I support SB 3036. I said it about four times on a voicemail to our senator, um, just so it really drove home the point. Um, I'm like losing my voice. What is happening? (laughs) But that's something that I did, and I I plan on calling again today, and I think I'm just going to be calling every day and annoying them. And I even stated my name. I said, I am Madigan. I live in blank, you know? Yeah. Uh, I just really want it to be known that we are individuals and people and, and we stand up for things like this. I don't want to be anonymous. I want to be known that, like, I am a real human being who's going to fight for this cause. Right. Yeah. To be yeah. changed. In any kind so, of small way that we are able to. Exactly. Exactly. Because I think it, we are in a time now where it just feels very helpless. It feels like this is not an administration that responds really to protests or things like no. that. They just don't care very much. No, um, it's more so for us to have a sense of like community and support. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's not, that's great, but it's not enough. It doesn't really like, it doesn't make me feel like I've accomplished anything. It can make me, nope. it can make me feel better in the short term, but in the long term, you know, making me feel better isn't really the, the end goal here, you know? Yeah. It's to make other people feel better. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, it, it sucks and it's sad and, and we hope that it changes very soon. You know, I don't know that it will. I don't know that it will either, but, uh, that's why we need to continue to remember these things. Just like we need to continue to fight for harsher gun laws. And, um, you know, we can't forget, we can't let these things go into the back of our minds, uh, anytime soon, we have to keep fighting and we have to keep doing what's right. So, yeah. And I know everybody who's listening to this is like, I already know, <laughs> but you know, yeah, it's, it's really all, good we're to all be like-minded people. It's really good to be just to be aware and, and to try not to feel as hopeless, you know, anything that we yeah. can do to try and, 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 you know, make a difference is really important and valuable. Um, okay. So let's move on to some Maybe a little bit lighter stuff. Yeah, I've got a really uh, beautiful thing. Okay. Oh, Uh, can I give a really quick raccoon update? Yes. Oh, yes. Please. The raccoon made it. I know. I was very, I was so excited. He made it. We're good. Oh, Um, can I tell all the listeners that I found a skunk? A baby skunk? Oh, my God. It's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. Bring it home. I, Matilda and Hicks would hate it. I want to so badly. It is okay. So this is what happened. I got off the plane in Springfield, and we were driving, and my mom stopped the car, and I was like, "Well, what happened?" And there was a sm- a, a smash skunk in the middle of the road. <gasps> no, his mommy. His mommy got hit and run over by a car, and he no. was in the road just looking so lost, and he was so tiny. He was probably like, I don't know. 
six inches long. He's little. And he was scared. And cars were coming. So I ran out and I grabbed him and I brought him back into the car. And, um, you know, we ran and got him some puppy formula and we've been feeding him. And he's gotten a lot bigger and he's doing super well and he's super healthy. And he's probably about five weeks old. He's so cute. Um, oh my gosh. And, and what I would have you named him? Love to keep him. Well, my grandma has been taking care of him at night and she calls him um, Stripes, but I would call him Badger if he was mine because he looked like a little baby badger. He does look like a little baby yeah, badger. Yeah, he's so cute. So I'll, I'll post a picture of him because he's it's, so cute. The video of you feeding him is gorgeous. He's and adorable. With it. Um, I have to try and find him a place to go today. I'm going to make some calls after I get done recording, which makes me so sad. But but yay for little I'll raccoons. And baby skunks. Yay for baby skunks. And baby skunks. Yeah. I love it. Um, I love it. What's your other story that you have this week? Um, I also have an update, which is kind of funny and lighthearted. Um, so Ted Cruz beat Jimmy Kimmel in that one-on-one what? ring ball sesh. But it's ring kind ball. of it's kind of still really like sad because it was like two middle-aged dudes who are like not good <laughs> at basketball at all. Yeah. And so they played for two hours and they were going to play like a one-on-one game um, up yeah. to 15 points. And the, and the winner had to win by two points or more. And yeah. um, they played for two hours and they only got up to 11 to 9 11 points to 9 points. They didn't even get to 15 points and they basically just like called it. Like they were like, "All of right. Course. We're not gonna we're tired. We're oh tired. We're old and tired and we've been playing this game for for too, too long. long." Um and Ted Cruz beat Jimmy beat Jimmy Kimmel, so I bet Jimmy Kimmel is kind of like eating crow right now oh, about totally, saying that, totally. that Ted Cruz was uh was not good at it. But let me see. Hold on. I want to see. Okay, so they, you know, how they said whenever whoever won would get to donate to the non political charity of their choice, and right. t- Ted Cruz and Kimmel agreed they were going to um, donate to the Texas Children's Hospital, Children's Hospital, and Generation awesome. One, a Houston based education nonprofit. So the proceeds of the game, which totaled more than eighty thousand uh, dollars. Awesome. benefited both of those organizations. So that's really, really cool. And um, it's good. It just feels really good to see something that feels kind of, um, you know, nonpartisan and kind of seeing people on both sides of the aisle come together for something just kind of fun. It kind of lets you like take a sigh of relief in this time whenever we're all feeling just one blow after another after another. It kind of feels really good, you know. It does. Can I tell you another thing that makes me feel really good? Yes. Chadwick, is it Bozeman or Oh, yes, I saw that. How do you say his last name? I think it's Bozeman. I don't know. I can't remember. Chadwick Bozeman from Black Panther won an MTV movie and TV award for best hero. And he says, receiving an award for being a superhero was amazing, but it's even greater to acknowledge the heroes we have in everyday life. He then told James Shaw Jr., AKA the Waffle House hero. If you all remember from, uh, was it Nashville that that happened? Uh, Where was that again? I want to say maybe Memphis. I need to take another look, but. But he, he was the man. If you remember from one of our mini episodes, like over a month ago, probably he was the man in the waffle house who 
uh, was able to stop a gunman. Yeah, the good guy without killing. a gun. The good guy without a gun, and he's amazing. And so he asked him to come up on stage with him, and he hands him the award. He goes, you saved lives. Get up here. This is going to live at your house. Yeah, I and watched the video. so sweet. It was so great. I loved it. Um, so we'll definitely try and find the link. I'm sure that's floating around somewhere, and we can post that I'm on our sure. Instagram. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, that was that was super awesome to see, and I just love it whenever – People get. I, I love seeing that um, these people are getting some recognition. Like I know that I who was it? Was it Beyonce brought um, the mothers of shooting victims? I think she brought like uh, yeah, Tamir Rice's mom so. and uh, Trayvon Martin's mom to the uh, Grammys or something last year, which was was yeah. great. And then I know that actually this is something new I found out about the This Is America video. Yeah. Did you know that the guy playing the guitar in the beginning of the This Is America video is Trayvon Martin's dad? <gasps> no. Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. It's amazing. I didn't That's know. That's like, like the coolest Easter egg. Yeah, that video is so full of symbolism that like I just so didn't full. even see. I'm sure there's so much more yeah, that totally. we still need to discover about that video. Totally, totally. Bless you, Donald Glover, the right Donald. Oh, gosh. My, my one and only Donald. My one and only Donald. All right. Well, that's all I have. I feel like we should maybe skip a sister solidarity story. Yeah, it's kind of hard this week. Yeah, because we're kind of um, far away. But we will yeah. get back on that. I promise. We will. And guys, next week we are, I mean, not even next week, within a few days when Keegan gets home, we are going to be recording our episode of all of your coming out stories. We've gotten so many great ones, but we could use even more. So please, 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 please send them to us. Our email is neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can DM us at angry neighborhood feminist on Instagram. Um, your stories so far have been amazing. They've made me smile. They've made me cry. I can't wait to share them on mm-hmm. the air and share them with Keegan and have an amazing yeah. celebration and conversation about these things. Yeah. And um, again, I, I did try to take some time this week to get into our uh, DMs specifically and start writing people back. Uh, yeah. But it just has been such a whirlwind couple of weeks so if I have not written you back um, it's not because we didn't read it or we're not going to feature it on the podcast yeah well and sometimes like I'll read something and respond but and then Keegan will read something and respond but I won't know like I won't read it because Keegan's read it you know right yeah so one of us will get back to you we had some great activity yesterday with people um, so that is good yeah it's all good. All good. It's all good, guys. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter. Our Twitter is Yamf, Y-A-N-F podcast. Um, I, like, actually responded to, like, our first, like, at tweet or whatever yeah. last week, this week. Yeah. That was fun. That yeah, was fun. Yeah, it was, it was our second, um, but our first one that was slightly critical, but in a good way. And so we can yeah, offer and, that and, kind of correction now. Um they asked us why we we dead named Sylvia Rivera, and neither, neither one of us knew what that I was. Had never heard of that before. I had no idea that that was a thing or something that I should have not done. So, I you know I, I told her, and I will tell everybody else. I am so sorry. I did not mean to offend anyone by doing that, and I will make sure that I never do that again. That is yeah. an easy thing for it, me to fix. Yeah. But I mean, I, I do think it's kind of it's one of those things that. 
I think we had the appropriate response, which is not to really make excuses, but just to say that like, um, we're still learning and growing and we are totally open to that kind of, and, and it wasn't aggressive, you know, criticism. It was just kind of a, Hey, this is a thing. And, you know, just so you're aware of this and, and, you know, we won't make that mistake going forward. And, um, so thank you to that listener as well for kind of like very nicely calling us out on, uh, something that we, we just weren't aware of. So exactly, exactly. I feel more knowledgeable about the subject. So agreed. Thank agreed. You. I really appreciate it. So you guys send in your coming out stories, please send in your sister solidarity stories, um, or just any stories that you want to share with us, you know, write us. We love it. We love hearing from you guys. And, um, another thing that I'm really going to encourage you guys to do is to please go on iTunes and rate and review us. It really, really helps us out. So if you like us and want to make us happy and, want to keep hearing more of us, you know, mm-hmm. please show your love and support. It really does mean the world to us. And Madigan um, has been working hard on some um, sticker designs. So if yeah. you are interested in some merch, some Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist merch, um, please let us know so we know, like, yeah. what kind of order we need to to put in for these yeah. things. So, And we yeah. could even put up our designs on um, Instagram and let people vote on which one you like the best so we know – which one to get the most of. Um, But it's very exciting things coming down the pipeline. So we are super excited. And if you want to stalk our personal lives, feel free. I'm on Instagram at Keegan.Winfield. And my very inactive Twitter is Keegan underscore underscore win. I am on Instagram. I am not on Twitter. My, I mean, I think I'm technically on Twitter, but like, I'm not on Twitter. But like, don't follow you um, there. <laughs> but like, don't follow me there. Um, I could probably find my old like high school Twitter somewhere. That would be fun to look at. Um, <laughs> but on Instagram, I'm she's mad again. So yeah, find me there. Um, also, if you friended me on Facebook and I haven't. Um, added you please send me a message and let me know that you're a listener because i will totally add you i just don't add people when i don't know who Who they they are are. totally like i'll add i'll totally add you just like send me a message somehow and say hey my name is blank i added you on facebook and i'd be like okay cool totally well this was fun to do kind of like a a long distance episode it's not the same keegan i miss you it's not the same i have no wine it's like 11 i know my time and i'm very sleepy because we've it just been running around. my time. Yeah. So, um, okay, I guess with that. I guess with that, we encourage you to, to rage, rage on. on. Bye. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. 
So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.